0: Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie. Lively entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. Draft edition of the Sports Rivals. Ernie, this is one of the most fun shows of the year where Mm -hmm. the two of us turn into mel kiper and todd mcshay giving you what our thoughts are and how the first one of the draft is going to go as a rams fan this is the only thing that's fun about the first round because we don't have a pick until 2024 at least it's been eight years since we picked but for ernie this is going to be a big year you know a lot going on with the pittsburgh steelers but ernie before we get into the nfl mm-hmm. Let's talk about the NBA playoffs so far. It to. can't be going any better for you as a Boston fan. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm 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 definitely happy at the that current results. I mean, uh right now the Boston Celtics are the are the only 3 0 team. Everyone else has at least lost one game out there, but you know, it's just the first round, so we shall see what happens thereafter, but yeah. I'm 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 really excited, especially when re, when going over uh, all those YouTube uh, videos and watching ESPN, Fox Sports Network, and I would say that three quarters of the pundits were picking the Nets over the Boston Celtics. Well, you've been saying for
0: weeks how you know you thought that the that the Nets were not going to be able to pull it off. Although it seemed like everyone was trying to avoid them in the first round. So when it took place where they did what I thought, the Nets came in seventh, and Milwaukee mailed it in on the last day. Mm -hmm. They didn't even try, slipping to three. Um, Boston jumped in at number two, survived a 40-point performance from Kyrie in game one. But the Boston Celtics defense has reeked havoc on Kevin Durant so far this series
1: yeah and I knew they played defense they were the number one defense but talk about playoff defense that's what happens I mean uh, I, I had my reservations on them playing better defense that is what really surprised me in this you know in the series versus the Nets how they've shut down the most prolific scorer in uh in the in last 10 memory. years yeah, yeah. In, in, la- in at least the last 10 years now the rules are different i mean jordan back in the day was probably a better scorer the rules probably favored the defenders back then so uh you know but nothing against kevin durant you know boston celtics are just putting that 90s style of defense yeah they're getting physical they're getting exactly. up in him with
0: physical play. Uh, even in Game Two, when he went for 27 points, mm-hmm. I mean, he was 18 for 20 from the line. I mean, he, he's only—he has more turnovers than field goals so far through three games. It's—it's it's remarkable. It's a remarkable defensive performance uh, for the Boston Celtics. And if they're going to play that kind of defense, they have a chance to win the whole thing.
1: They have a—they have a definite chance because in both of those games, although they played great defense. They, I thought they played average at best offense. So, you know, it was going back and forth on the chatter. I mean, we're talking about a Boston Celtics uh, offensive team that, you know, averaged over the last uh, six weeks of the season, averaged about 125 points per game. But they didn't want to run with the Nets, according to Ime Doka. They wanted to slow the pace down, keep it to a half-court game in order to execute their defense. And I think that gamble has paid off. But uh, those of you who really don't follow the Boston Celtics and think think that this is uh, uh, they're getting just lucky on defense, you haven't seen Boston's offense. They can also take that to another level. And I think by the time uh, when, you know, I mean, I'm I'm gonna assume no one has ever out of a hundred out of a hundred thirty three and zero starts, no team has come back from a three and zero deficit. So I'm just gonna say say that Boston is gonna win this series. Well, we'll hopefully we can uh, see the Boston Celtics offense, at least in one of the games, whether it be most likely it's going to be against the Milwaukee Bucks. But, uh, you know, if not, then I'll be happy with the Chicago Bulls. (laughs) Well, I mean, what I think is happening is that there's
0: been such a premium put on defensive play and and more of their energy is being put into defense than on offense. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. When you slow it down or you change up the way you have been doing offense for the last month, when you're averaging 120, 130 points a game, um, you kind of get out of rhythm. And that's kind of what it seems like. And they're not quite in the same offensive flow as they have been. But you don't have to if you're not letting the other team score.
1: Right, right. And this is all done without, I think, their second-best defensive player Rob Williams, who showed up in, you know, Game Three uh, the other night, played for about 15 minutes, and he made he made a difference. I mean, his ver- his uh, the way that he uh, protects the rim, his vertical uh, you know abilities as far as you know deterring shots uh, really makes a difference. Not that uh, Tice, you know, the the other. Uh, uh, par forward uh, slash center has been playing, he's been playing decent. He actually stretches the floor more than Rob Williams, but Rob Williams is just on a different level. I I wouldn't be surprised to see him when the all-defensive uh, team comes out. I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the second team.
0: Well, if he's there, I mean, you, you're already talking about Marcus Smart, a Defensive Player of the Year right. this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have Rob Williams coming back. I got to be honest, Ernie, when I heard that he was going to make an appearance in Game 3, I got a little nervous. Um, when you're talking about knee injuries, man, you don't want to come back too soon and, and have something happen again. Because if they're going to win it, they're going to need him. Yes. Yeah, I mean, they're going to need him eventually. Um, but congratulations. I mean, it's been a brilliant start for them. So let's kind of go through quickly the, the rest of the playoffs. Uh, as you alluded to, the Celtics are the only ones that are still up 3-0. The Bucks and the Heat are now up 3-1. Right. You know, convincing wins. Middleton gets hurt in game two. I thought that was going to be a real challenge for the Mm Bucs. Instead, they go to Chicago and and annihilate them two two straight. So they go back to Milwaukee up 3-1. They look like they have that in hand. And Giannis has really stepped up to look like the true all-around best player in the NBA. Uh, and then the Heat go into uh, Atlanta, lose a squeaker the other day, come back and route them today to go up 3-1. I believe the Heat will go back to Miami and finish those off. So I think that within at least the next two days, um, those three series are going to be done. Maybe the Nets pull out a win in Game 4 like the you know the Raptors did to the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Um but it looks to me that within five games, all of these four series are going to be over. Yeah,
1: I, I, I'll I'll agree with you on top of that. I mean, the only one that I see, well, actually, the the two series that I see is the Dallas Dallas. Uh, uh, well, that's on Utah. the other uh, side. That, that right. that's on
0: the west. That, right. that's in the west. But you yeah. know, if we stay with the east for now, because of of what your Celtics, we're looking at a Heat Sixer matchup mm-hmm. in round two. Joel Embiid with torn ligaments in his shooting hand. Mm-hmm. How is that going to impact him? I gotta think it's going to impact him. It's. Um, I mean, if you're if you're Miami or any other team, you're going to be slapping on his hand constantly just to give him a little bit of discomfort. So I would think Miami's going to have a solid advantage there. Although they lost Lowry, you know, his hamstring, and he's important as right, well. Right. And I think we're starting to see that a lot of attrition issues right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big one, Milwaukee without Middleton. Against the Boston Celtics, gotta say I like your chances, Ernie. Yeah, I, I like your chances without Middleton. Middleton uh, is the second closer, but without him, uh, and the way that they're playing defense, I can see them giving Giannis a hard time. And can Grace and Allen continue to shoot like how he's been
1: shooting the last two days? No, I, I doubt it because if they can stop Kyrie, and we saw we saw how it went. I mean, Game One, they were reacting off of uh, Bruce Brown's comments saying that. Uh, Celtics interior was uh, easy and Boston shut them down to five points, but Kyrie went off for 39. So what they did is they switched smart back to Kyrie, let Bruce Brown score 20 points, and he did. He's, he's, He's done his job in these last two games, but Kyrie is shut down. Allen, Grayson Allen is no Kyrie. <laughs> yeah. That's, 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 that would be an insult upon insult. I mean, if they wanted to shut down Grayson Allen, it's, it's going to be a concentration on Giannis. It's going to be a concentration on Giannis. And, and they in the two matches they had with Giannis, uh, they played them pretty decent. So uh, I'm not saying that they're going to be favored. I mean, I would call that an even thing. I,
0: I would think it, it would be even... Only from the standpoint that Milwaukee is the defending champs, but I would like Boston. I really do like Boston's chances, and I think Milwaukee's going to regret mailing it in yeah, in that last not, day and, and giving not getting Boston old. the home court yeah, advantage.
1: Exactly. If it goes down to a game seven, they will regret it.
0: Yeah, I, I can see that. So I look forward to that. I mean, my my daughter comes home and and I'm cheering for the Celtics, and she's like how is that possible how How are you i said you know i'm cheering for uncle ernie you know he's and and i like tatum you know so they're i like pritchard they're they're a relatively likable team so i think i think you're looking at a situation where your team has a legitimate chance in the west Devin Booker's injury changes everything. Everything, you know, as we record here on Sunday night, we're, we're looking at the screen. You have the New Orleans Pelicans up by 13 points with six minutes left. There's a there's a pretty good chance that this is going to be two two, huh. yeah. and Booker's still out for another one to two weeks or a couple more weeks. So they're going to have to f- find a way to win this series without Devin Booker. Exactly. And this could be a a, a shocking early exit for Phoenix.
1: Yep, it could be. And I, I and even if they do get past the Pelicans, I mean, let's see if Dallas continues to play like Dallas with Doncic coming back. Uh, I would favor Dallas in that series. Well, without Booker. I yes. think without Booker, I think Phoenix is vulnerable to virtually anyone left. Right. And, and when you say two weeks with a hamstring, two weeks could be four weeks, could be six weeks. Yeah. Those hammies... Have a way of lingering. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree.
0: I, I think Phoenix is in for a dogfight, not only in round one, but if they can find a way to get out, which I still think they will. Mm-hmm. I think they'll find a way behind Chris Paul, Mikhail Bridges, uh, Ayton and, and the crew to win. But it may take seven full games. Um but yeah, the, that next series, whether it be Donchick and the, and the Mavericks, who really had an opportunity to go up 3-1 uh, sure. let Utah get back to 2-2, or Utah, you, you know, you have Mitchell, and, and Bear. Um, either of them could give Phoenix a real problem. Two weeks ago, before the playoffs started, I thought Phoenix was going to roll. That's to what, I thought, okay, there, what I thought. Take away what I still believe is their best, most important player. Although some people say Chris Paul. Um, different story. Yeah. Different story, definitely.
1: That, yeah, definitely. I think out of all the... Well, Philadelphia, will say Embiid's a bigger story. but and And it could be, I mean... Uh, take take him off of Philadelphia, yeah. Philadelphia has no chance. I still think, like what you said, Phoenix can win this opening round without Booker. So maybe that's the case. But still, Booker is an integral part. I'll tell you this. They will not get past Golden State. If that's the matchup for the Western Conference Finals, yeah, I, that, I don't,
0: I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen as well. So we already talked about the Mavericks and the Jazz at two-two. Really, anyone's at this point. If Doncic can stay healthy, I would, I would favor Dallas to win this, probably in seven. Um, but the talk really has been Golden State and the new three G of Curry. Clay and Jordan Poole um really doing an amazing job. Although they got beat today. Mm-hmm. I mean the the Nuggets got won today. Um but Golden State looks formidable. They they, do. they look like they have that uh three years ago look in their eye that they're gonna be a problem if they stay healthy.
1: Yeah, I mean yeah. I, I don't think they have the defensive problems as they did three years ago. Three years ago they were they were awesome defensively, and I think that contributed to their to their offensive prowess as well but man when you got three guards like that playing the way that they can do i mean and let's just say two of them get hot they don't need all three of them two of them get hot that stretches out a defense like no
0: other no i I mean that death lineup what they refer to as the death lineup never really took place today because clay got into foul trouble early um but they're a problem because they're going to, they all can handle, they all spread the floor and then you got Draymond who can facilitate as well and they all can take you off the dribble. Yeah. It is a lineup that is a real, real problem for anybody who faces them and it's such a fun brand of basketball. The ball is constantly moving. They're shooting the ball with, with you know, really well, but one thing's for sure, um, until today... The Joker was getting absolutely no help from the rest of his team. Mm-hmm. You know, he's putting up 37 on Game 3. They get blown out. 37 today. He had 18 in the first quarter. Um, he's remarkable, but he got some help today late. And they, they put out a win. So as we stand right now, it looks like Phoenix is going to be 2-2. Uh, wow. And then the in the second series, the second-ranked Memphis... Struggling. Having their, their trouble with uh, Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, Minnesota blew two 20 point leads in game three, or else they'd be up 3 1 right now. Yeah. How, tal-
1: how talented Minnesota was. I mean, I, I, that's why I said several podcasts ago, I don't even think they were in my top three, out of them. even though they finished second. I, they weren't in my top three. I mean, they have incredible talent. What, what the indicator for me was John Morant's record. Their record with John Morant, their record without John Morant, and they say, "Oh, it's a small sample size. A quarter, a third of a season is not a small sample size." So the third of the season they were off. They played well without John Morant. So I, I already thought that that was something that was. Now would I trade away John Morant for that reason? No way in hell. Because I think that's something that could be easily fixed. But at this stage, with their continuity, that being a really young team, I think they have to go through battles like this in order to learn. I I think so, too. Um, I still think they're going
0: to find a way to win this series. But when you look at the Timberwolves, I mean, they've been bad for such a long time. Ever since Kevin Garnett left them to go to your Celtics way back in 2007, they've been terrible. But they have talent. I mean, you're talking about the number one overall pick, Carl anthony Towns from a few years back. In that same draft, the second player taken was D'Angelo Russell. He's on that team. And then they have last year's number one overall pick in uh, in Anthony Edwards. It looks like he's going to be a star. Um, They're no joke. And then you add Patrick Beverly, who brings that leadership and that dog mentality um, they're a problem. I mean, they they really should be up 3-1 in this series. Yeah, it should. is 2-2. I still think Memphis finds a way to pull it out because I trust their discipline, their coaching a mm-hmm. little bit better than I
1: do Minnesota. But that this could go 7 as well. Uh, I would expect it to go 7. I mean, it's been a tightly contested match. Uh, I don't expect Memphis to learn it all in one series. I think this is going to go 7, and I agree with you. I agree.
0: I mean, and, and the West seems to be a dogfight right now you're going to have the 1-8 matchup that's going to be 2-2 more than likely mm-hmm. you have the 2-7 matchup that's currently 2-2 uh, although we expect 1-2 and two to win it, it wouldn't shock either of us if somehow they're upset given the circumstances right now Golden State seems to be, they'll probably go home and knock off Denver. Denver just does not have the horses as good no. as Joker is to compete with them. That'll probably end in the next round. Uh, and then, you know, Dallas and Utah could go seven. You know, so in the east, everything is pretty much in hand, either 3-1 or 3-0 at this point. In the west, you have 2-2, 2-2, 2-2, um, and only one that's 3-1. So it's going to be an exciting finish in the west. Um we all along. I think both of us expected the East to provide most of the drama. That's not happening. Yeah, it's not. It could happen in the next round, where I think they have the best four teams look like they're going to advance. And in the West, you could have a situation where one and two are out, um, and that would really favor the East to win the title <laughs> this year.
1: Yeah, uh, not yeah. As far as that is concerned, anything can happen on on the on the West side. You know, East like you said. Uh, it's it's plain to form as far as seating is concerned, but it's only round one, folks, and you know with the injuries happening right now in mm-hmm. round one, injuries can continue in the second round, in the conference finals, all the way up until you know. And the, end and, and, and an injury to the wrong person can change everything. Every, and it's evidenced
0: by Phoenix. Everything. Um, Middleton Bucks seem to be surviving without him, but Joel Embiid, if he's not anywhere near a hundred percent, it's going to be hard for the Sixers to advance where they would like to go into the uh, into the finals but that's enough NBA that's probably more than I wanted to but I'm excited for Ernie his Celtics are up 3-0 so we spent <laughs> a little bit more time but let's jump into the NFL draft so as you you know for those of us that followed last year what we're gonna do is Ernie and I will both share who we believe will be selected by each team and why um, I'm gonna turn it over to Ernie he's gonna tell you who he is picking as the general manager of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Ernie, who do you like at number
1: one? Okay, well, the consensus, at least up until the, you know, the most recent weeks, has been you know, has been Ada Hutchinson, you know, uh, edge rusher out of, the, out of Michigan, you know, 6'6", 260 pounds, had 14 sacks this past season. Because of the COVID uh, incident last year, we had a limited sample size. But, you know, he's he, he has great attitude, did well at the combine, uh, but, but, you know, there is a really, really strong push from the Georgia defensive end,
0: Trayvon Walker. Trayvon
1: Walker. I mean, uh, he had an excellent combine. I mean, he was the fastest there. He had the, uh, you know, the highest vertical, I think. Uh, Hutchinson's uh, cone time was a little bit better but uh, you know he's making a push on the board it uh, it seems to me the Jacksonville Jaguars are gonna have to figure out do I want do I want the consistent hard worker guy who has the higher floor or do I want the higher ceiling guy in Walker Jacksonville has been falling on tough times after tough times after tough times. I don't see them taking a chance on top of this. You know, even though uh, Walker has had a meteoric type of rise, well, not meteoric, he's always going to be in the top 10. Uh, but, you know, there, there are some places on the big board where I don't even see him in, in the top five. I think they stick with the sure thing. I think they take Aiden Hutchinson. I, I agree. I, I I think they take Aiden Hutchinson. I, I,
0: I see a lot of... Nick Bosa in Aiden me too, Hutchinson. Me too. I mean, the same number. <laughs> they play the same way. The production is there. At the end of the day, I'm big on not just how you do at the Combine. I'm big on your production. And Aiden Hutchinson... Produced at a high level against top-level competition. Uh, I would go with... I believe I, I, I agree. I think he's the more sure thing. Mm-hmm. Um, could Trayvon Walker have a better pro career? Maybe. I mean, that's wouldn't be the first time that something like that happened. But I think for Jacksonville, they need this to work. And I think Aiden Hutchinson is the way to go and the more sure thing at number one. I agree. Okay. At number two, though, that being said... Trayvon Walker to me goes number two to the Detroit Lions. Um, And that's another situation. I mean, I think there's going to be, and just, you know, just gang, just off the air right before we started, we kind of talked about, and maybe it's just me as a Ram fan, I was telling Ernie, maybe it's just me as a Ram fan not having a number one pick, not picking until, you know, the day three, um, essentially. But the buzz on this draft just does not seem to be the same as in years past. And I believe the reason for that is you don't have star power. You have defensive linemen and offensive linemen that's going to be dominating the top of this draft. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of people care about that. Yep. So that being said, I think Detroit did a good job. I don't think at two, you draft a quarterback here. I don't no. think Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett is worth a second pick. I think you can survive with Jared Goff. Panay Sewell was a great pick for them last year. He's got a He's a starting left tackle. Uh, St. Brown, they stole in the later rounds. They've got a great wide receiver there. And they were in almost every game, mm-hmm. but at the end of the game, the other team always outscored them. They have to improve their defense. Trayvon
1: right. Walker is the first step to me. Yeah, and I and it, he's going to show because his upside yeah. is so much. He's he's also he can play both sides. He can rush the quarterback and he can stop the run. I think that's what he was known for in Georgia. Uh, he runs a fa- he ran he ran a four five one. I mean, he was uh, two tenths of a second faster than Aiden Hutchinson. But then again, if you're going to rush the the quarterback. Those 40 times aren't really a better indicator. I think it's going to be the three cone. But, yeah, tremendous talent out of Georgia. I have the same thing. The same thing. So Walk- we,
0: we agree at one and two. Um, well, there's a shock. I, I mean, we're, I, all, we're off to a very, very good start. I, I, here. I, let me
1: shock you on my number three. Okay. Where are you going at three? Okay. Well, n- number three is the Houston... Texas. Texans, okay. Who need everything. They need everything, but I really think they need to protect their quarterback. I mean, Tunsil is great over there. I mean, who thought that their quarterback was going to be, you know, serviceable? You you think that they'd go for another? He played very well. Yeah, I like Davis Mills. Yeah, I mean, he
0: was my sleeper last year, getting into this draft show.
1: Right. Um, and and I believe in the kids. So you're going to go offense. I'm, I'm going to go offensive tackle, and I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go Evan Neal. A lot of people like Evan Neal. Okay, I'm not gonna go with Icky. I'm gonna go with the Mississippi tackle. Charles Cross? Charles Cross. And wow. here is why. Here is why. You're not gonna unseat Tunsell as the left tackle. The other two players played left tackle. Where did Cross play at Mississippi the last two years? Right tackle. I think they're gonna and Charles Cross. Has been rising, yeah, and he's been rising quickly. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna put that factor in, and I think that the Houston Texans will take Charles Cross. Well, it could be, but for me, I think they're gonna stay with the run on pass
0: rushers. I think at number three, Houston Texans will take uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, edge rusher from the University of Oregon coming into this year. I think Thibodeau was the consensus number one prospect. Mm-hmm. He's got a little bit of of mixed uh, reviews in terms of his overall work ethic. And I think he's sliding. He could go here at three. He could go to two at, at Detroit. Or I could see him sliding down in the top 10 as well, depending on what you need. But I think with Houston, they have to find somebody to replace J.J. Watt. And I think Kayvon Thibodeau is too His upside is just too high to pass on. I believe they go defense with Kayvon Thibodeau there for the Houston Texans. But I get it. I get taking a tackle, and there's going to be a run on tackles here as well. So let's go to the Jets. The Jets have two picks in the top 10. Mm -hmm. Um, They've been very, very active. They're also rumored to be heavy into trying to get Debo Samuel, uh, who seems to be available now for the right price, or even a DK Metcalf. But I believe that they are going to go defense with the first pick of their two in the top 10. And I have them taking
1: Sauce Gardner, cornerback from Cincinnati. I am in agreement with you. Ahmad Sauce, hot sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati. Lanky 6'3", wiry, very aggressive. Good cornerback, I believe, on pro focus uh, football. The number one. Overall prospect as far as grading is concerned in this entire draft.
0: Yeah, I mean he's he's got dog in him and As you're seeing right now, the NFL is changing Look at what the wide receiver pays are getting it's out of control right now Mm -hmm. So if people are gonna be paying wide receivers 30, you know, 30 million dollars a year Then you better invest in people that can stop them Um, and I think Sauce Gardner is is the best quarterback in this draft easily 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 um and the best overall defensive back i know some people early on thought kyle hamilton was going to be that guy but i like sauce gardner i think the jets go cornerback here with that pick so let's go to the giants who also have two of the next three picks here with the fifth selection
1: the giants take who say you ernie i say uh, offensive tackle i say Evan Neal, who most people will have as the first offensive tackle. The mammoth tackle out of Alabama, 6'7", 337. Evan Neal, he'll be a road raider for the New York Giants. New York Giants aren't an Alabama type of style offense, but I think uh, Evan Neal is that type of player that, you know, can fit into any system with his size and athletic ability, I believe he will be their pick at number five. Okay, so here's my personal
0: opinion. I like Evan Neal better than Cross and uh, Iki Ikwanu, but I hear that the Giants like Iki better, and I have the Giants. Again, left tackle, I agree they have to shore up that dreadful offensive line. Uh, I think they have to go left tackle here. I have them going Iki Iguanu at number five. So we both agree left tackle. You think Evan Neal. I think Iki. um, But the Giants have to get better there. Now, this is where it gets interesting. I think Carolina is where things will get really, really interesting. Now, I have them going quarterback. I think they have Sam Darnold there for one more year. So I think there's no urgency in getting someone that's going to step in right now. This guy was hot and then he's kind of coming back right now. But I believe Carolina jumps and takes Malik Willis with the sixth pick. Sit him behind Sam Darnold for one year and he'll be ready to take over next year.
1: I got Carolina going quarterback. I got Carolina going quarterback, but in real life, I have them trading out of that position. Okay, <laughs> I believe someone who really wants Malik Willis uh, is actually going to trade up to get the uh, with Carolina. I think they're going to take Malik Willis. I, I can also see Carolina sticking there and taking Malik Willis. But here's my thought on quarterback this year: I think I think Baker Mayfield, if he came out in this year's draft would be the first quarterback like he was in 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 the draft a few years ago right right I I, I mean and th- that tells you uh, and I, I'm using that as an example to not praise this quarterback class I mean it, it's 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 a down year in my opinion for quarterbacks Malik Willis with the abundance of talent that he has he played in a small school Liberty uh he's he's a quarterback in waiting that's something that he uh, I'd be very shocked if he can pick up uh, the NFL systems and start this year, I think if you really wanted someone to start this year, you'd be going, uh, you'd be going picket or even, or even uh, corral uh, over Willis. Willis just has the, you know, the new style of quarterback play where he is uh, strong-armed and he's elusive as a runner, gives you that extra dimension. But uh, great leader, yeah, great intangibles as well. So, but I I, I believe someone is going to sneak up. Someone, I don't know, maybe Atlanta, maybe Seattle. You know, I would hate if the Steelers did that because they'd have to give up so much draft capital. But yeah, I agree with you on the picket at that for Malik Willis. You just think it'll be somebody else? I just think it's going to be somebody else. All
0: right, so we both have Malik Willis going in the sixth slot. Ernie thinks that's going to be the intriguing part where somebody will trade up. Now we're back to the Giants. And with the second pick, I believe the Giants are going to go edge rusher. I think they got to get a left tackle. they got to get an edge rusher. And from where I'm picking, I already have Walker, Hutchinson, and Thibodeau off the board. So the best one left at seven, I have Jermaine Johnson, edge from Florida State. You know, as a Miami fan, I saw firsthand what this guy can do. He single-handedly lit up the Hurricanes for an entire 60 minutes. Um, The guy has... Tremendous ability, quickness, strength, strong off the edge. I believe Jermaine Johnson goes number seven to the New York Giants.
1: I I I, I don't I do not uh, disagree with that pick. I'm going with a different edge. I'm going with the Oregon edge, who you picked a little bit earlier. Uh, K. Von Thibodeau. I I think he just fits the. Uh, I think he fits the profile that Giants. Like the pick, uh, you know, a little bit more fanfare there, a little bit more in the public eye, you know. uh, You know, big lights, New York City. I think he goes as the Giants' uh, second first-round pick. Got it. Now we're at number eight with the Atlanta Falcons. And who do you got the Falcons taking? I go with, I think they're going to take... Uh, This one I played around with a lot. I didn't know if they were gonna go quarterback, you know, given the situation there. My thinking about them with the quarterback, I think they're they're okay with Mariota at least being the starter for one year, giving him a chance. He got a higher, he got a hot better contract than Mitch Trubisky, uh, who was signed by the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'm thinking that uh, you know they 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 kind of at least want to try him out over there. So quarterback, I, I passed on that. I think they're going to go with the best available player at the position. I think that player is going to be the safety out of Notre Dame, Kyle Hamilton. Wow, you got Kyle Hamilton. So so I agree with you. Atlanta could
0: go in different directions. I mean, they do have Marcus Mariota, but are they married to him long term? Probably not. Um, but I think last year they passed on Justin Fields and, and, and really everybody else to go tight end. Calvin Ridley is out all year this year, suspended for gambling. And even before that, he missed most of last year with mental issues. Um, I believe that the Falcons go wide receiver and take Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. I believe, you know, you combine him with Pitts, now you got something going. Their offensive line is decent, so I don't think they jump at an offensive tackle here. I think even if you go quarterback next year, you still have to have weapons, and Ridley looks like he's going to be on his way out. So you have to have somebody to go with Pitts. I like Garrett
1: Wilson at number eight to the Falcons. No, well, I, I, again, I like, I really like that pick. I can see them going either way, either with the safety or with Garrett Wilson. So uh, I'm not going to argue with you, with you on that part. Uh, the next pick going with Carolina, uh, they're going to have they, they got to protect that line in my opinion. I, I don't think they're going to go quarterback. I think. I you think. mean Seattle? I, I mean, I'm sorry, so, yeah. Se- yes, with Seattle. I think they take the next, uh, The you know, the what in, in most people's eyes probably think that it fell into their lap. I don't think they can get away without drafting Iki, Iquanu, North Carolina state offensive linemen at their position. I think that's going to be a steal for them. Well, and we're on the
0: exact same page here. Now, I already had Icky going, so I'm going Evan Neal here to the Seattle Seahawks. I don't believe Seattle is sold on Drew Locke by any stretch or Geno Smith as their future. I don't think they, even if Malik Willis is here, I don't think they go Malik Willis yet. I think they invest in that offensive line, which has been a disaster for a long time. And Russell Wilson kind of bailed them out. Pete Carroll likes to run the ball. So you need to shore up that offensive line. And then you draft a quarterback next year. Because if Seattle falls on their face, they could be picking high next year. So I like Evan Neal there to the Seattle Seahawks. So we both agree that's going to be a left tackle. Now the second pick for the Jets. This is where things could get interesting. I think with this one, they go offense. And I'm going with the assumption that they're not going to get Debo Samuel or DK Metcalf, and I believe they draft Garrett Wilson's Ohio State teammate, Chris Olave, at number 10. Wow.
1: Well, yeah, because you had Garrett Wilson already on. Yeah, Garrett Wilson already had on. You know what? We're we're thinking alike. We're just choosing different players over here. I have actually Garrett Wilson following into this place. I, I mean, Garrett... Garrett Wilson I you have him as your first wide receiver off the board I have him as my first wide receiver off the board I mean why not I mean the guy is the, the guy is uh, uh explosive I mean he he checks all the boxes I think what's holding back the wide receiver although it is plentiful I think it, it's probably the the deepest position in this draft if if, uh, if 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 at least my board goes uh goes goes to goes to frame but I believe there is just not that pull as you had in in other drafts i think that uh you know you see you see it's going the quarter uh the running back way where you can get talents in the second round talents yeah. in the third round yeah
0: i don't see any jamar chase right this year right um but if we if we remember two years ago justin jefferson went 22 so you're right Cooper Cup was a third-round draft pick. So you can find, with the way, the age of football, you can find quarterbacks, you can find wide receivers later in the draft because everybody's throwing. So we're on the same page. This is pretty spooky. I mean, essentially, we're thinking similarly. I think the only real difference is that you've got the Texans going all O-line and I went D-line. But Mm -hmm. other than that... um, our thought process has been very, very similar, although the picks may be in different orders. So now we get into the second 10 with the Washington Commanders. Um, I go with the best available person. They could go wide receiver. They may go, you know, cornerback. Um, But I think at this point, too much value. They take Kyle Hamilton safety from Notre Dame. You had him going uh, to the Falcons at eight. I have him going eleven to the uh, to the Commanders. Too good to pass up for a team that needs a safety, uh, and they get a great one in Kyle Hamilton. Yeah. Okay.
1: So this is and, and again another good pick. I'm I'm going what you said. They needed wide receiver. I'm going with the USC product, the six foot four monster, Drake London. I mean, I I, I think that's where Washington goes. I think they're they they're, they're going to need help to stretch the field. On top of that, this is it's rebuilding for them. Uh, I think he just uh, fits, checks all, again, checks all the boxes for them in in that category. He becomes, you know, hopefully a star for them in the future. Okay. So Drake
0: London is your second wide receiver off the board. So similarly, again, I mean, I had wide receiver at eight, you had safety. You have wide receiver at 11, I had safety. So let's go to the Minnesota Vikings. For them, I like them to go defense I like them to go cornerback I have them taking Derek Stingley Jr. who was one of the top two to three prospects coming into the year dropped a little bit with LSU struggles I think he's a great pick for Minnesota at 12.
1: I I, I have him actually going well not, not to say I, I won't say what I was going to say but I have actually Minnesota going defensive line in this case uh, I was figuring out what did they need I, I, and I was really cuz I don't have Jermaine Johnson off my board yet I'm, I was thinking okay do, do they take do they take uh you know the Florida State product or do they take who I think is just an absolute mammoth of a defensive player uh I loved him in the you know in the championship game uh you know when Georgia was uh playing Alabama I'm going with Jordan Davis I think uh, he's probably down on a lot of boards as far as, you know, rankings. I just don't see him slipping past Minnesota in this case. I think they take Jordan Davis. Well, I I have them going quarterback, but
0: I love Jordan Davis. He's one of my favorite players in the draft. If they were to get him here, that's not, you know, that's not, you know, the end of the world. Um, but the new Minnesota coach, I think, is, uh, is coming from the Ram system. So at this point, it's like, Do I go with Jordan Davis, another AD, or do I go with Derek Stinley, another uh, Jalen Ramsey? Mm. Um, It'll be interesting to see which way they go. Now, at 13, the Houston Texans, and this is where it's pretty funny. Ernie had them going tackle at number three. He had them taking Charles Cross at number three. I had not had Charles Cross uh, drafted yet until now. I have him going to the Texans at 13. For the same reasons. You know, he's a right tackle. He'll play opposite Tunzel. I think three was too early for him. Um, And I think Houston is thrilled to have him still available to them at 13. However, I struggled with this. I almost had Jordan Davis going here. Mm -hmm. Because I thought if you draft. Kayvon Thibodeau on the outside and Jordan Davis on the inside in the (laughs) same draft. That's a formidable defensive line that can be set up for a while. But instead, I went one defense, one offense, Charles Cross to the Texans at 13. (laughs) All right.
1: All right. I have, as far as my pick to the Houston, I have uh, your man who went to the Minnesota Vikings. I have Derek Stingley, cornerback out of LSU, going to... The Houston over there, I think it it, it it solidifies their backfield. He's the type of cornerback over there uh, that is a, a, not a sauce gardener uh, in, in many cases, but I think he has the IQ that could probably help him out, maybe mitigate some of those, uh, you know, the invariables between the, uh, those two types of players. I think they get a good one over there. Derek Stingley, my choice for the Houston Texans.
0: Well, the Texans, you know, they had three major needs, edge rusher, quarterback, cornerback, and offensive line. I drafted two out of the three. You drafted two out of the three for them. So I think the Texans are going to be in a good place regardless of if they follow Ernie or myself. <laughs> now, at 14, I think I have the Ravens taking somebody much higher than most people. I think early on in the draft process, he was ranked this high. But for some reason, he's dropped down. Um, over the last month or so, because I think he's an interior offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. But the Ravens love to run the ball. They have a running quarterback, and their whole philo- philosophy is predicated on run. And one of the best ways to do that is to get yourself a great center. I have them going Linderbaum. with the best center, taking Tyler Linderbaum from,
1: from the University of Iowa here at 14. Wow. Actually, not wow. Actually, I wanted. I didn't think he'd last for the Steelers. To pick at number 20 but you're right I mean he was he was all the talk earlier in the draft I mean and, and then it's all tackles exa- getting all exa- the love now and the center exa- drops down Exactly, I just don't see it I mean a great
0: center is so valuable you can see that in some of the teams that really really love to run just look at what creed humphrey did for for kansas city this year as a second rounder i like Lin, uh, linderbaum there but i'm sensing you're going in a different direction I'm, I'm going in a different
1: well i'm just remembering back to last year <laughs> when you said creed humphrey that's who i wanted the Steelers actually to pick although Najee harris wasn't a bad pick in itself uh boy if linderbaum goes to baltimore Oh, that's going to be, I, I got to cheer against them. That's going to be sad. <laughs> but anyways, I couldn't pass up this guy I, uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. He was actually the best player on my board uh, where Baltimore is picking right now. I'm, I can't see, uh, I'll admit, I may. I may be wrong about this. I think he may go higher, but Jermaine Johnson edge out of Florida State. I think he's got all the talent in the world. I don't I mean for whatever reasons if he does last this long he's not gonna last any more longer. I have him the Baltimore Ravens picking him up. At their pick. Well, I think Baltimore would love to have him still yeah, there at 14. I, yeah. You combine him with the Penn State draftee from last year, and
0: there that'd be a very, very formidable uh, situation. Now, Philadelphia has two of the next four picks. So at 15, for me, I think they go wide receiver first. They have a lot of the small scat back types like Devontae Smith. I believe they go big. Big wide receiver, Drake London, who you had going at 11. I have them going Drake London here at 15 to the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: Uh, Again, we're on the same page as far as position is concerned. I have the Philadelphia uh, (coughs) Eagles also taking a wide receiver. I go best wide receiver off the board. Speedster uh, from the, the, you know, Garrett Wilson's (laughs) teammate. I can't make any other accolades other than that. Chris Olave, wide receiver, Ohio State.
0: And again, we're, we're very, very close. I mean, I had Olave going 10. You had Drake London going 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we reversed them at 15. So we're thinking very much alike in terms of positions of need. Uh, at 16, the New Orleans Saints, they have two picks now. Um, and at 16, I think they have to replace Teron Armstead, who left for the Miami Dolphins. The best tackle left to me is Trevor Penny. That's where I have him going to the Saints. There, we
1: finally have something in common <laughs> <laughs> other than Hutchinson. <laughs> I have the exact same pick on of new reigns. I think that's so. I, I think that needs to be addressed. I mean, lo, losing Arsen was a big deal. I think uh, they they can't do anything other than replacing him at at, at the earliest possible uh, scenario. I think he's. Uh, you know it's it was either going to be him or in my opinion was going to be Johnson out of Boston College I like Tra- Trevor Pennington a little bit better I do too cuz Johnson is more of an in-
0: interior guy and I think they needed to replace the the tackle mm-hmm. now at 17 the Los Angeles Chargers I think at this point they're getting a steal because I have them lucking into Jordan Davis who's still on the board they take Jordan Davis now they have Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa on the outside. Jordan Davis on the inside. Wow. A tremendous safety in the backfield. I think the Chargers, already with a prolific offense, now have a defense to match. The Chargers could be problems if they get my man Jordan
1: Davis at 17. Wow. Jordan Davis lasts that long. I mean, I, and, and that's about right where they're, they're actually slotting him in, in that region. I agree with you because I think that guy has just mammoth, I mean the guy is mammoth I think he's just got the utmost potential I mean uh he scares me that guy is like uh a man amongst boys when he played in college I mean he's NFL is a little bit different but I still think that guy is that guy is crazy physically gifted and so. he
0: dominated the the combine statistically he ran a four eight. At his, his size. size. That's, that's with crazy. With a 34, 35-inch vertical and a 10-8 broad jump. I mean, that is just crazy. crazy. It is. That's and, and if he can get on that line with a Khalil Mack and a Joey Bosa, that's going to wreak havoc for the quarterbacks loaded in the AFC West. So that's who I have going there. Who do you have?
1: I have San Diego, actually, because I don't have Jordan Davis. So I, I'll, I'll, He's obviously, already gone. Yeah, for for I have him going to Minnesota, at, at, I, I believe, at thirteen. But I have them going offensive line. I, I, I still think they, they, they look to, you know, protect their franchise quarterback over there. Uh, a little bit conservative pick over here, in my opinion, but I think that's where they're going to go. I don't think they want to, uh, you know, take any chances on top of this. I have them taking Zion Johnson, offensive uh, lineman out of Boston College. Well, I mean... It, you can't go wrong if you're
0: committed to to protecting, uh, you know, Herbert. So last year, they had Rashawn Slater, who turned out to be a Pro Bowl caliber tackle. This year, you have them taking Johnson to slide inside. I have Jordan Davis on the defensive line. You have Johnson on the offensive line. Now, at 18, the Philadelphia Eagles, to me, go. They took a, a wide receiver at 15. At 18, they go defense. They go cornerback, Andrew Booth. Um, is my selection to the Philadelphia Eagles at E.T.
1: <laughs> wow. I also have them taking cornerback. I have Trent McDuffie out of Washington. 5'11". I mean, one person, you know, McDuffie, I, I think what they're saying, in, that you know, the difference is that the guy is so, so young. I mean, he, I, I think he's he's a true sophomore. He's only in his second year. I think they think that there's potential on top of that. But, uh, you know, that's just a matter of do you like chocolate or vanilla, you know. And and
0: we're, again, we're on the
1: same page in terms of the position. It's just a matter of which flavor do you like better.
0: I had Booth slightly higher than McDuffie, but it wouldn't surprise me if McDuffie is the call. But I believe they do have to go corner after going wide receiver. And now the Saints. I mean, between, you know, 15 and 19, it's basically the the Eagles and the Saints doing all the picking. Um, Who do you have? them taking with the 19th
1: selection. I have them swinging for the I have them swing for the fences on top of this one, but I think he's such a talent, uh, he's such a talent out there uh, that they cannot pass him by. I mean, uh, I'm talking about uh, and he, he was injured. I'm talking about Jamison Williams out of Alabama. I, uh, you know still recovering from that ECL injury. Mm-hmm. But I think he's just too much of a talent to pass by. I mean, he has the physical, I mean, he has the physical attributes. He's 6'2". You know, I, uh, to me, he doesn't fall farther than the New Orleans I have not
0: taken him, too. I mean, we're dead on right there. I I think, see, from the Saints' perspective, I'm not sure if they're necessarily all in right now. They did re-sign, you know, Jameis Winston, but they're in a flux. They've lost their coach. They've lost some of their personnel. Um, I think this is a situation where you start to stockpile talent. So you get the tackle. Now you get the stud, who was the highest rated wide receiver before tearing his ACL. He still could be back by the start of, of the regular season, but even if he's not, you have Michael Thomas coming back this year healthy. You add the speed of Williams. I think you're building a offense for the future mm-hmm. not necessarily worried about this year i think now you're going for the best possible returns and i agree i think the saints there take jameson williams from alabama now is the best most important pick in the entire first round i have my pick <laughs> but i want to know where ernie is going drafting for his pittsburgh Steelers. i know who you're picking
1: and you know i like your pick better than my pick <laughs> I, You know, I'm, I'm going to flip-flop because I like your pick better than my pick. I was going to, you know, I, on the record, I was going to take Devontae Wyatt, defensive lineman out of Georgia. But you know what? Back in 1983, the Pittsburgh Steelers picked this guy, Gabe Rivera, when one Dan Marino was still on the board. Do you know who Gabe Rivera is?
0: <laughs> is that Ron Rivera's dad? <laughs>
1: Everybody knows who Dan Marino is. He was in the same backyard as the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kenny Pickett is in the same backyard as the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm taking Penny, Kenny Pickett. And I agree. I
0: I think if the Pittsburgh Steelers can get one of the top two quarterbacks at 20 without moving, because I don't believe they're too disciplined. I don't think Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett is worth leveraging too many picks to move up. I think they're gonna sit there and I think they're gonna get lucky with one of them dropping to them. And the way I see it, I think Kenny Pickett from the University of Pittsburgh is going to be there for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think he comes in and gives Trubisky all he can handle for the starting position for the Steelers this year. I hope
1: I hope so. Now I gotta replace Devontae Wyatt and put him somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me take the 21st pick then while you while you slot back. Um, so I
0: mean, Ernie and I agree. You know, I I I think Trubisky not the long term answer. Uh, you know, tragically, within the last couple of weeks, Dwayne Haskins yes. lost his life. I know we made a lot of jokes at his expense uh, over the last year, but our hearts and prayers to his family. A tragic, uh, a tragic, tragic accident. Mm-hmm. A young man loses his life too too soon. Uh, so the Steelers need to replace, a, even if Trubisky is the starter. They need somebody to back him up. He's not the long-term answer. So we got Pickett there at 21. The Patriots. They too need a lot. Um, But Belichick, he's just really, really stubborn. There's wide receivers out there that he could go after. There are linemen that maybe he'll go after. But J.C. Jackson left for the Chargers. And I believe here he replaces him with Trent McDuffie. Cornerback from the
1: University of Washington. Mm, interesting, interesting on top of that. I, I mean I like the pick. I had McDuffie going four spots earlier, so definitely I like I, I like the player. If New England gets him over there, that's gonna be in my val in my book a good value pick. I have the New England uh, Patriots. The despite you know, I'm a Boston Celtic fan. I hate the Red Sox. I hate the New England Patriots even more. Call <laughs> <laughs> Call it what you will. I mean, I'm a huge Boston Celtics fan, but boy, I mean, the fan base over there would would hate me. Uh, with that said, I think they go linebacker over here. I'm 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 picking. This is just based upon Belichickian theory. The guy just gets value out of position. Okay, and you you haven't heard too many linebackers come off this board. I believe. Devin Lloyd is uh, one of the better ones that you can take. I mean, a good-sized uh, linebacker out of Utah. I think that this, is, this falls into his type of uh, uh, draft theory. I like Devin Lloyd going to the New England Patriots.
0: All right, so at 22 now, we have the Packers at 22 and 28. Obviously, to me, they have to go wide receiver. They have to. For me, it becomes a decision one or two. I have them at 22 taking Johan Dotson. Wide receiver out of Penn State University.
1: Okay, and I have them taking wide receiver Traylon Burks out Out of Arkansas. Arkansas.
0: All right, so we're both on the same page again. Now at 23, the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, a lot of noise about Kyler Murphy. I think everything's going to settle in. They could go in all kinds of different directions. You know, they could go edge. They could go wide receiver because they lost Christian uh, Kirk. They could go cornerback, but for me, I think they're going to try to replace uh, the pass rush that they lost to the Raiders there, and I think they take edge george Carl Carlaftis
1: from Purdue University at twenty three i 'm going defensive line over here. I believe that they need to shore up that piece they 've lost too many too many too too much star power over the, over the last several years with Chandler Jones going out you know other players going out. I believe that they are going to go defensive line and they 're going to take uh No, I can't put them over there. You know what? I, I'm i going to switch that pick, and now I know where I'm putting Devontae Wyatt. Okay, <laughs> that's
0: what I thought. Okay, so you got Devontae Wyatt. So we both agree that they're going to invest in the defense. I think they have to with the with the Niners and the Rams there. They're going to have to be able to stop them. Um, so we both go defense. Now, Dallas, this is where I love who you had going a little bit earlier. Dallas lost Connor Williams to the Dolphins. They cut Lyle Collins, who ended up signing uh, with the Bengals, I believe, um, and then you have two other offensive linemen that are getting older. They have to go offensive they line do. to me, and I have them taking Zion Johnson here at twenty-four, which I think would be tremendous value considering you have them going, you know, significantly higher in your board.
1: We must be we must be reading the same articles in regards to positions of need because I also have them taking an offensive offensive lineman. I have them taking Texas A and M's junior offensive lineman kenyon green in yeah and, and
0: i think those two are, are flip-flop I, I, I some have kenyon green higher some have johnson higher um either way i think the the cowboys are definitely going to go there now at 25 the buffalo bills really can go they are pretty well stacked mm-hmm. with what they've already done with who they had what they did in free agency now
1: it's just a matter of what do they want to do yeah For you, who are they going with? I'm going with best available player right now. The highest best available player on my board is a cornerback that you picked like 10 picks earlier. (laughs) I have Andrew Booth.
0: Well, I also have cornerback. You know, I have Booth already gone. I have uh, McDuffie already gone. I have Ka'ir Elam cornerback from the University of Florida. I think you can never have too many good cornerbacks, mm-hmm. especially in this day and age, especially in the AFC, which is loaded with talented quarterback uh, quarterbacks. So we both have Buffalo going cornerbacks. At 26, the Tennessee Titans, a lot of noise around them. They've had some influx. They, you know, Julio Jones, they let go. Um, a lot of talk about AJ Brown possibly being traded now that he wants $30 million
1: a year as well. Where do you have Tennessee going in this draft? I have them going uh, in a dull position. I believe this is going to be a value pick for them. I have them picking Central Michigan's offensive tackle, Bernard Raymond. Okay, I'm going wide receiver. You had Traylon Burks going
0: earlier Mm -hmm. to the Packers. This is where I can see him coming off the board. Even if they keep A.J. Brown, they need to replace Julio Jones. And I think Traylon Burks would be a perfect complement with or without AJ Brown, there. So I believe Tennessee Eagles offense. Traylon Burks, wide receiver out of the University of Arkansas. Now the Tom Brady Buccaneers. I mean, where do you have them going? What is the Tampa
1: Bay Bucks gonna do? Oh boy, this one, this one, I uh, it, it, it was hard. I didn't know if they were gonna go edge or defensive line. Uh you know, you could even throw a wide receiver out there. I mean. Uh, that they might need. Uh, in the, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm having them taking defensive lineman Logan Hall out of Houston. Okay. For me, I, I think it goes back to Tom Brady's
0: back. They're going to protect him. Ali Marpit surprisingly retired. Uh, their offensive guard, they replace him immediately with Kenyon Green, who you had going a, a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. I think he steps right in and starts for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Green offensive guard from Texas A&M University
1: okay and for me green bay the next team up uh i have them taking an edge i uh, you mentioned his name earlier george Carlaftis Purdue. uh you know good size linebacker you know 6'4 266 good pedigree coming out of the big 12. uh you know just a lot of good a lot of good things when you're picking a greek person Coming out of that type of school. <laughs> well, you know, they, they, they cut
0: Zadarius Smith, you know, who's gone. So Karlaftis does make sense here. I have him already gone. And I had serious thoughts about drafting a second wide receiver here. I just can't imagine. they hard. They don't even draft one, mm. let alone two. I don't believe they have it in them. And I don't believe this is necessarily a position of need. But I believe this guy is just too good not to take at this point. I have Green Bay going Nakobe Dean linebacker from Georgia. He was the leader of that Georgia he defense. Was. He, was. he hasn't tested out as great as as, uh, as others um, so you see him sliding but Nakobe Dean at 28 to me is a steal and a
1: solid addition to the middle of that Green Bay defense. I agree. I agree. I mean just what he like for all, everything that you mentioned he's a true leader out there uh you know plays with a you know we we, we call it it's a c- cliche i mean high iq football uh under that helmet all right so we've got four picks left we've got kansas
0: city with the next two picks this is where i'm going i'm going christian watson wide receiver with the first pick so i've got christian watson
1: there where are you going i'm going christian watson on North they got they got they got to replace Tyreek. I mean, they got to replace Tyreek. Juju Smith-Schuster is a different type of wide receiver. You know, Tyreek was just pure speed, scat type. You know, uh, Christian Watson is that in a 6'4 frame. So, All right. And the next pick, where are they going? I have them going wide receiver again. I have them going wide receiver. I have them going wide receiver right after that. Second wide receiver, I have Johan Dotson out of Penn State.
0: Oh, so you have them going back-to-back with wide receivers, Christian Dodson and Johan. Okay, so for me, I have them going defense, and this is where I have Devontae Wyatt going. I believe that they invest, they put him on the defensive front with that stud defensive tackle that they currently have. They build a little bit of defense, they go offense first, they go defense second. I believe that that's where Devontae Wyatt ends up. Now, with the two last picks, where are you going with the rival Bengals?
1: We all know what they needed. We all saw the sacks. <laughs> they, if they don't go offensive line, uh, their GM is gonna be in deep doo. Let's call that. <laughs> uh, you had you had this guy going uh, way earlier than me. Uh, in reality, who knows if this guy is gonna last this long? I have Tyler Lindenbaum as you know the best. Offensive lineman and he goes to Cincinnati at that, at that You position. know, if he drops this far And they get
0: him With what they've added in free agency Watch out I mean, watch out for the Bengals If Tyler Linderbaum is there At this point in time For me, I, I believe that they still invest in the defensive line I, 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 This is where I have Logan Hall going I believe Logan Hall goes here To Cincinnati I think they've already invested their free agent dollars Uh, I thought about maybe going with an offensive running back um, because Joe Mixon could be on his way out in the next year or so. But I'll invest in defense after all the money that they spend in free agency. Logan Hall here to the Bengals. So with the last pick, Detroit to me, Sticks with the defense got to be able to stop people. So Trayvon Walker They went with the second pick to get that edge presence on the defensive line I believe they invest at the next level. This is where I have Devin Lloyd Falling to the end of the first round and I believe
1: he ends up with the Detroit Lions with the last pick in the first round Okay, I have them actually going quarterback. I just kept for some reason. I just cannot see just two quarterbacks coming out of this draft. Yes, I mentioned earlier that it's not the strongest draft as far as quarterback uh is is concerned, but that's, you know, we 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 we're, we're talking about, you know, like from 2 years ago when you had them going like uh four quarterbacks in the in the top 12. But I had them going uh with Cincinnati Bear quarterback Desmond Ritter in this position.
0: Okay, so not a big Jared Goff believer. No. And it could be. I mean, I've seen a lot of people were like, you know what, they have two picks. They address a glaring need at two. They take a chance on, on a quarterback here at 32. I could also see them trading out because they also have the 34th pick. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're right there as well. So I could see them trading out if somebody wants to get back in and pick up a Ritter or a Matt Corral. Uh, At that spot. So, gang, that is our first round. A lot of similarities in terms of thought process. Not a whole lot of exact Mm agreements, but a lot of similarities in in terms of thought process. So, I encourage you to go to social media after you heard what we said. And let us know which draft do you think has a better chance of coming to fruition. Or... Don't you think Ernie and I have a better mock draft in either Mel Kuyper or Todd McShay at this point? <laughs> I mean, I certainly think that we have the thought process. And we do it with far less travel and far less scouting on, on our side. Um, but go to social media at Sports Rivals Podcast on IG and Facebook, Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter. Tell us what you think. Tell us whose draft do you think is best. Tell us who you think will be the top five, top ten picks in, in the draft. But before we close out the show, we're going to turn it over to Ernie for his closing thought.
1: Yeah, my closing thought is going to be on and and I don't want to, I don't want to be too preemptive on top of this, you know, just to give uh, my Boston Celtics bad juju going into to game 4 on top of this, but I, I I'm going to I'm going to talk about the demise of the Nets. Okay, and I and I'm going to say this because prior to this these playoffs starting, uh I was hearing a lot of pundits. I was hearing a lot of chatter on YouTube and Twitter and, and, and whatnot in regards to uh, the Nets being favored, uh, you know, and and the 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 reasons were twofold. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Irregardless if Boston had the number one defense, had the number one offense in the last Uh, uh, six weeks of the regular season had the number one net rating from January 1st where the Nets came out going into the play-in tournament uh, having Kyrie Irving play less than half of the season having Kevin Durant uh, missing 20 plus games uh, and having a really bad showing when Kevin when all three of them were together and Harden James Harden requesting a trade uh, to get out of that whole scenario. I mean, why would a, a, a guy of the talent of James Harden, who has not won an NBA championship, the one piece that's missing out of all the accolades on his trophy shelf, why would he abandon that with Probably what three months left to to uh, you know complete that endeavor and then go? No, he wanted to get out. So it was it was actually I was I was really thinking how can three quarters of the pundits and I would say the same amount of people outside of Boston and Brooklyn choose the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, it, it 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 comes down to two things, in my opinion. Okay, one is the arrogance of Durant and Kyrie Irving. I believe they are the probably the most talented duo in the NBA. I mean, you got the you got one person who is considered, you know, the most prolific scorer in the in the past ten years, and the other. Uh, having the best handles and shot-making ability, you know, in probably the same amount of time uh, in, in, on, on, on one team. Uh, against a very youthful Boston uh, team. That arrogance, coupled with the turnaround of Boston, of the Boston Celtic team, who by mid-season were 24 and 25, uh, 23 and 25 at that time. And completely turned it around in the second half of the season. So one side has arrogance, one side has a total 180-degree belief in defensive prowess to get to the promised land, a total buy-in to the system of a you know, of a coach's vision in how to get to the promised land. Those two coupled together, I believe, made this into a 3-0 series. You saw in the opening match, probably one of the best opening matches in that, that I can remember, uh, at least for a two versus a seven, with, with Boston being the two and the Nets being the seven. Uh, it, it's etched in, it's, it, it's etched, it'll be etched in my memory for the next several years. Uh, Boston Celtics down one. Uh, Jalen Brown brings up the ball up court, attacks the basket, gets triple team. Uh, flies out the ball to the perimeter, Marcus Smart takes the pump fake for a three-point shot, turns that down when two defenders come by him, throws a a chest pass to a cutting Jason Tatum, who does a 360 pirouette around Kyrie Irving and lays it in for a buzzer beater with 0.4 seconds in to win the game. I think that in... Months pass, not even years pass. Months pass. Jalen Brown would have taken that shot. In months pass, even weeks past, Marcus Smart takes that shot. But they both pass up their uh, their shots for uh, hero ball and make the best play. And I believe that is why Boston wins that game. And that's why I believe that the arrogance of the Brooklyn Nets have continued their demise. And and not to pile on uh, if you're a Nets fan or anything like that, but boy, you got to be thinking uh, dearly because the Nets right now are the second highest paying team in the NBA. The first is the Golden State Warriors. The Nets next year will be the highest paying. They're going to be almost as much as their regular allowance of uh, contracts. I believe that's 180 something million. They're, they're estimated to be $160 million over the cap with Kyrie Irving's contract expiring this summer. So that's something that the debts are going to have to really, really think about uh, when they if, if they even want to offer him a contract. Because one, when they put this team together, Kevin Durant got hurt. Last year, Kevin Durant steps on the three point line, and this year was a total dysfunction uh, with Kyrie not taking the shot and believe what you want I actually support him on 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 that decision, even though I took both of my vaccine shots uh, that, to me that is a personal decision that doesn't merit uh, that the uh, the punishment doesn't merit uh, you know the belief on that on that side but that's that's a different discussion. The nets are in They're going to have to be making a really hard look at what they're going to be doing, not only in the near future, but for the next 10 years down, because they really mortgaged a lot in the Harden trade, you know, the subsequent trade to get uh, Ben Simmons in. And we still don't know. about his health status, I know he. They mentioned. Uh, they mentioned that he was going to be playing in Game Four. Now that is off the table. He's he he has mentioned that he has uh, recurring back pains. He will not be playing in this series, which may be over uh, by tomorrow. So by the time that you listen to this, if the Nets are out 0 4, my anticipation is big changes. Even if they squeak out to you know win a game or two. Uh, history already shows. I believe it's 130 games have started out 3 0 no winners. So in this case, you know, I, uh, if you're a Nets fan, I, I feel, I honestly, I, 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 I've never hated the Nets. I, I dislike Kyrie Irving because I'm a Boston Celtics fan. I, I don't think I can, I can hide that. I don't hate him as a person. You know, he is a person. I disagreed with the the chastising of him on Easter Sunday, first of all, it being Easter Sunday. Uh, I agree with the booze, but going beyond that, I I disagree with. So be as it may, if you're an S fan, I really feel for you, but tough times are ahead, I'm sorry to say.
0: I mean, it definitely could be. I mean, with Kyrie, you have a situation where they have to decide if they want to extend him, and and I don't think anyone pays him max money. I think one thing, you're right, Kyrie has, if not the best... One of the top two handles with Steph Curry in basketball over the last 20 plus years, but he's his own man and he beats to his own drum Mm -hmm. and you just never know if you can count on him, even in this series. I mean, I know Jalen Brown is, is, uh, is going through Ramadan as well, but it seems to be impacting Kyrie more than it is Brown for whatever reason. I mean, Kyrie has been non-factor the last two games, um. Can you build around Kyrie? I don't think so. And Katie's not getting any younger. So the Nets next year are going to be predicated on the fact, does Joe Harris come back healthy? And does Ben Simmons come back healthy? If both of those questions are not a resounding yes, they are in big trouble. And right now, it's hard to say either of those you're going to be likely to be a resounding yes. I'm not sure Ben Simmons will ever be the Ben Simmons that used to be mm-hmm. anymore because it's not just the physical, it's the mental with him. And that's a lot harder to fix at times.
1: Yeah. I mean, to me, this is a closing course where they're have to make they going to have to make deals with the devil. And who knows? I mean, right now, with, with all that star power, the only thing that I can see matching up with would be with your Lakers. You know, so... Uh, Trick here and there. Well,
0: I'd take Kyrie for us if
1: that's what you want to do. <laughs> I mean. But I'm
0: not going to extend Kyrie. Uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to go ahead and do that. So, I mean, great closing thought. Again, that kind of wraps the show. We started with the NBA. We end with the NBA. Uh, Ernie's Boston Celtics looking to be in a very, very good place right now, heading into the second round. Hopefully, they can close out the Nets tomorrow. If not, if somehow the Nets are the first team to win four in a row, Ernie is going to be eating crow. <laughs> Uh, here in the next week or so but I don't expect that to happen and hopefully you enjoyed our first round mock pick uh, our mock draft I think we were pretty comprehensive in our in our analysis and who we think is going to go out there again Ernie's Steelers will take Kenny Pickett to be the new quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers and my Rams are not going to pick But we have the nicest house in Hollywood Hills again that we're renting to watch the draft. But until next week, gang, please check us out again on social media, Sports Rivals Podcast on IG and Facebook, Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter. And for the drafts week, recap next week. Until then, the Sports Rivals are out. Thank you for joining us on the Sports Rivals Podcast. Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcasts on Instagram and at Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter, where you can share topics you'd like to hear.